This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk a little jazz basketball with David Locke coming up here momentarily. Of course, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll get his thoughts, not only what's going on in jazz world, but also um, uh, the big trade today, James Harden on the move. We'll get David's thoughts on that. For those of you who uh, tuned in and are expecting to hear the jazz pregame show, uh, you missed the big news. The Jazz Wizards game for tonight has been postponed. Uh, after the Jazz got done beating Cleveland by 30 last night, they jumped on the old plane and returned here to Salt Lake. Uh, their first home game in quite some time is coming up Friday night, uh, taking on the Hawks. Uh, Tip-off at 7 o'clock. Excited to see Trey Young in town uh, going up against this Jazz basketball team. And the Hawks are, are a team with a lot of weapons offensively. Defensively, maybe not so much, but offensively, certainly a... A fun team to watch. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. As I mentioned, he is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and our good friend David Locke. What's going on, David? Not much. How are you guys today? Doing great, man. It was fun having you up in uh, in the studio for a couple of games. I like being back in the regular spot, but it was nice to see you. Yeah, hey, you you uh, uh, bought pizza one night, man. David, if you're going to buy pizza, you come up and do as many games as you well, want up here. I stole pizza one night, and I paid back the next night. That was nice of you. The night I wasn't producing? Uh, that night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, exactly. Right, but I didn't steal your pizza, did I? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But it was nice of no, you, I took I took Jake and Tim's pizza, and then if I was going to buy pizza for them, I'd buy pizza for everyone. Yeah, we even had a leftover piece. Did someone eat that on the way out? Hopefully, I hope so. I hope so. It was good. Hey, shout out to uh, Maxwell's is pretty good, yeah. by the way. Yeah, really good. That fat kid pizza is really amazing. Like it's really hard to take a good place. I mean, Maxwell's is here in Park City, so I know it well. It's hard to take a good pizza place or any place and then put it in the arena and still maintain the same quality, right? Like that's a really big quality control struggle for most places. They've done a nice job of it. I agree. I agree. David, we'll talk tons of jazz with you, but of course a big story in the NBA today, James Harden finally on the move, going to the Nets in a four-team deal. Uh, Just your initial reaction, who got better, who did the right thing, who maybe not so much? Well, I think the Nets got better in that they, you know, they they add Harden without, though I I don't think losing Jared Allen's nothing, actually. Um, the fact that they lost Jared Allen and now their centers are DeAndre Jordan and Jeff Green, I, I'm i not convinced that that's a non-factor. Um, I, I don't want to minimize that one. I know it like, seems really silly when like James Harden gets traded for someone to be talking about Jared Allen, but I'm not, um, I'm not convinced that that is, is um, a, a, a no loss. Like I think that's going to be – be hard for them to be now Durant seven feet. And so they can do a lot of things of that sort. Um, and they obviously gave up the world of picks. Like the irony um, is that the Nets have done it again, right? They did this once before with different ownership. Um, I think the Rockets, I mean, just got a world of picks. So it's probably a pretty good trade on them. I'm not always convinced that, you know, picks, picks, 
you're taking shots. That's what you're doing with picks. Um, and so it gives you more shots, and that's important. But, you know, draft success is really, 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 really hard. Um, and then the Pacers on Carrot Levert for Victor Oladipo, I guess that's so they don't have to re-sign. They weren't going to want to re-sign Victor, so long-term. But I think Karis LeVert's overrated. I don't think he's efficient. So um, I like him, and there's a lot of things I love about him. He gets hurt a lot, and he's not very efficient, so I'm not. he's not a big mover on my end of things. So I don't know if I really answered it. I mean, I, in a sense, you know, I mean, the Nets are thin. They, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the year with an ACL, and they have Karis LeVert, and they also may know that Ky- they may have just decided that they're not able to rely on Kyrie Irving at all. And so, therefore, if they can't rely on Kyrie Irving, they needed to do something. And James Harden's way better than Karis LeVert. David, what do you think this means for Houston's future and, and their present? They got under the luxury tax. Are you surprised by that? Sorry. <laughs> um, it's maybe too inside of an NBA joke. Um, they always seem to get under the luxury tax without ever talking, always claiming that they're not going to. Um, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood, and a lot of picks. Oh, I mean, New Orleans? Oklahoma City and Houston own, like, most of the picks in the draft coming up in the future. So it's going to be interesting to see how, the, you know, in, in, for the next five years, like, the West is going to be adding young talent. The East has actually had a little bit of a talent rise here for the first time. All right, David. Um, Howard Beck, uh, who now writes for Sports Illustrated, who I know you know well, um, wrote a, a piece, uh, I think it was a week ago, and he, he talked about Ray Allen, and who is uh, another person I know you covered closely in your time in Seattle there, but uh, talked about Ray Allen and interviewed him and talked about what he did when he was in Boston, how at the beginning when Doc Rivers was getting after him, he was kind of saying, hey, I'm Ray Allen. What are you talking about, man? I'm the uh, uh, I'm the best shooter of all time. You know, I, I've led NBA franchises on playoff runs. And he talked about how he kind of had to say, well, I, this is a different place and I'm playing with different players and I need to take you know, play a different role. And his shots, as a result, went from over 20 a game down to 13. Uh, but yet they were incredibly successful, obviously. And so Howard compared that situation to what James Harden needs to do uh, wherever he ends up or may need to do. And he interviewed some front office uh, guys anonymously and asked if they thought he would be willing to do that. And kind of the answer was no. But uh, I guess through that lens, or or do you think that James Harden will adjust his game going into Brooklyn and make a similar decision that Ray Allen did when he went to Boston? So I really think that, you know, Ray Allen, I mean, uh, James Harden is a, is a basketball, you know, Virgin basketball genius. I mean, I just think he's really one of the brightest players that's out there. Um, sees the game, understands it, understands it beautifully. Leads me to believe he understands how team would work as well. Um, you know, and he at one point in his career did, and then he wanted the freedom to go build his own team. And then Houston, you know, acquiesced to all of his demands, and then they turned the team over to him. I don't know that he demanded that, I, I, they, but they truly, you know, they did the math, and the math said James Harden in isolation is the best play we, in the league, so let's just run it all the time. And I don't, I have a feeling that Steve Nash is going to want to play a little bit more up tempo, and then Mike D'Antoni's there, who he trusts, so. You know, I think D'Antoni, I think that's a really telling, right? So if Nash, if, if Harden was this 
person who he's often portrayed to be, and there was any truth to that, I mean, he's been terrible for the last month, but let's just, you know, bigger picture. And Mike D'Antoni would know. And Mike D'Antoni would have told Brooklyn, you don't want to do this. You know, it's inch, it's noticeable to me that the two teams that were trying to trade for James Harden are Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni. That tells me that that tells me who James Harden is as a teammate and a basketball player. So I would assume he'll he'll make all the adjustments that are necessary. David, uh, what do you make of what's going on with the Jazz right now and the way they seem to be playing better? I heard you say earlier in the week. Uh, I think you were on with Hanson Scotty and you were talking. About- how important it is for Donovan Mitchell to be efficient in his play while he was efficient last night. Do you think they're putting this together, or is it just uh, wait and see? Um, I think they're getting better. Quinn's teams always get better. I think that you know they were the 15th-ranked offensive team in the league with Donovan and Boyan having not been efficient yet. Um, they'll get more efficient as the year goes on. I'm not going to... Um, I think it's clear that if a team lets us move the basketball and get shots, we're going to crush them. And if a team overshifts and we can move the ball and get out, we're going to be, we're going to be really, you know, we really have shooters. We have, we have great, great shooters. Um, same as we did a year ago. So, you know, that's going to be our game. We've been terrific in transition so far this year after being one of the worst transition teams in the league last year. And we've only been okay half court offensively so far. So I think, you know, we've got to improve greatly on that. On the defensive end, we've only been okay. We've played some of the best offensive teams and some of the worst offensive teams. So I'll be a little bit more curious to see what we do. Um, you know, generally we're holding teams below their average pretty consistently, about seven or eight points. So if we can keep doing that, I think we'll be okay defensively. I, just, I need a larger sample size than what we have right now. They're coming back from this road trip, David, four and two. Uh, what are well? I guess what are you bringing back from this road trip? Was there a, a standout moment? Was there something you learned about this team? Uh, if you if you know you would ask me, you know, in six games as opposed to seven, if they would have come back from this trip four and two, I'd, I would have called that a success. What do you what do you think? Um, I'm having a hard time just in anything this season in trying to figure out what. Like, I love to, like, tonight, I'm, like, I'm finding myself in this funky position, right? Like, I'm so geek. Like, Dallas, Charlotte, oh, that's a good one to watch. You know, see what see what happens with that one. Brooklyn, New York's kind of interesting. We saw both those teams. And um, and then later tonight, you know, can Oklahoma City get into Lakers? Probably not. Watch that. Atlanta, Phoenix, we play Atlanta. That'll be exciting. I think that's been postponed. You know, New Orleans, Clippers, now Zion's not playing. It's like, yeah, I'm finding it difficult to take – these these moments in time and being able to extrapolate long-term thoughts on them. And I feel that way about us too. I mean, the only thought I have is kind of what I just said, which is, Hey, if you, uh, if we get shots, then, you know, you're going to have a hard time beating us. Like if we can move the ball around the outside and, and, and get it going, then I think, you know, really, you're going to have a really hard time defending us in any way. If guys, the way people have been able to defend us is um, getting into us physically and 
bodying up and altering our routes and stopping our ball movement either by switching. Um, and so I think that that's, that's how we've been able to, when teams have bothered us, we have to figure that out. So I guess that would be my only takeaway is just that, you know, on nights where teams are switching or getting into us physically, do we, are we going to learn that answer? There aren't a lot of teams that can do that to us, however. So I, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Cause I think on other, the more likely you're going to have those teams that, you know, you've seen us torch Portland and torch San Antonio and torch Milwaukee. The, those are all the same, um, off at defenses that, you know, kind of play the drop big, overcommit to the paint, and we start moving it around the outside, and, and then we're shooting. David, Jake, and I were talking about this earlier, and he was giving me a hard time because he was making it sound as though I was ripping Jordan Clarkson, which is the exact opposite. I cannot believe I that you're killing Jordan Clarkson all the time on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just killing I, him. I, I, I was not Called him a ball him, hog, although, David. No, 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 that's not what I did. But this is my question for you. With As you were just talking about Quinn stresses ball movement and whatnot, and when Jordan is on the floor, he's automatic offense. How difficult is it for the Jazz to shift from one mindset to another when Jordan Clarkson is on the floor? Well, he might be the one who can go play one-on-one um, and do those kind of things um, when teams are doing all the things I mentioned. So let's make sure that we completely understand that that value right like so that i mean that is truly his his value is that when when suddenly we need someone to go get in the paint and get a bucket he can do it um i you know i love the fact that quinn has kind of allowed him to go do his thing and play his game and given him this freedom and you know we were joking the other day that no one has probably ever told jordan clarkson to shoot more right like you know um you know some people think they're open when they got off the bus. Jordan Clarkson thinks he's hot when he gets off the bus. Um, so, you know, this is a different approach with him. Like, yeah, that's who you are. Go. Do, do your thing. And I think um, there are times where I would like it occasionally if he would swing it and move it before he investigates his offense. There are times when that's the right play. He does not do that a great deal. Um, but he also, you know, so some passes before you run out of all your offensive options would be great. I agree, David. I don't think he is a ball hog. <laughs> I think Dave. I, I think David just indicated that on certain occasions, he just might be. Okay, David Locke is with us, radio voice of uh, the Utah Jazz. David, give me your take on Atlanta. I'm excited to see this team on Friday. They're my league pass team right now. Um, I like will watch them any every single night they play. So. Um, I think Trey Young is one of the most exceptional players in this league. Um, what he's able to do at his size is pretty unprecedented. When you you can run, I can run numbers all the time, and you know, rim, elite, elite rim finishers—they're all six seven, six nine—and Trey Young um, passing out to three-point shooters from the paint—they're all six seven, six eight, six nine—and Trey Young, like he does stuff that nobody else is able to do with his size and then he's just a master of the ball he's gotten crafty he's drawing all those fouls the other part of it is that deandre hunter who had a tough first year as every wing player does in the league and like including kevin durant lebron james and yet somehow when um 
when they when rookies do it, we all freak out and decide they're not going to be any good. And I really like DeAndre Hunter an awful lot out of college. Is playing brilliantly right now, so um, he's been really really good. I, I think they're interesting. I didn't actually, I'll be honest, I didn't love their offseason moves, Gallinari and Bogdanovich and Rondo, because I think I was more of the school of like just let these guys keep going. Um, you know, I don't think I don't like the fact that you brought in all these guys to add minutes and take them away. But that's an offensive-minded team. They're playing um, incredible offense, uh, an um, occasional moment or two of defense, but maybe not any more than that. Um, and if the game is played on Friday, it should be a lot of fun. Now, there's an interesting quote from Kevin Herter today about how many of their players are like self-quarantining. So I don't know what that means. Huh. David, I know at a young age you demonstrated a uh, high intellectual ability, and I don't know if your mom and dad were disappointed when you chose not to go to medical school, uh, but you are not a doctor, but I'm going to ask you a medical question anyway. Is Boyan Bogdanovich hurt, and is that the reason that he's been inconsistent with his shooting? So I have no idea. and didn't even say it at Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> um, so I really have no idea. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a hard surgery. Here's, here's what I know. It's a significant surgery. It involves your shooting hand. It was done during a global pandemic, which means I'm just going to assume that rehab was not the same as it usually is. Right. Like there's no way like he could have had all the same rehab that he had regularly. He went to the best doctor HSS where he went as the lead doctor, this guy, Scott Wolf in all of the country on this kind of risk stuff. He went to um, Carlson, who's she's in that group, so she has access to all the best stuff. Um, the Jazz did use the time in the early part of the pandemic to, I think, send him to three or four experts across the country. So I think there was, that was the, you know, I don't think there was a lot of doubt on what the decision was. Um, but I do think, you know, it's going to take some time. I thought it seemed early in the season like it was more his legs than it was his, um, than it was his shooting, but then on that trip until the last game, it seemed like it was his shooting. I did think the tape was fashionable, though, that he had on that wrist. Well, he switched, nice right? He's just kind of been playing around with it. He doesn't like things on his body. I mean, I've talked to him about this before. If you notice, he's the one player who never wears leggings and he never wears sleeves. He does not like things on his body. Well, David. By the way, I made a joke because I thought I was being boring and I wanted to be funny, but I was inaccurate, and that drives me more crazy than being funny or inaccurate. Is Atlanta actually, in fairness to Atlanta, is one of the few teams in the league that's in the top ten right now, both offensively and defensively in the NBA. I think they have like the third best differential in the league. They've been really quite brilliant all season long, um, and so they've actually been playing defense for the last three years. They were like twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and twenty eighth in the league, or something like that, defensively. But this year they've actually been deeing up with some pretty impressive level. And so I don't know if in addition to Nate McMillan as assistant coach is part of that to go along with Lloyd Pierce but um, or just some of the personnel changes they've made. But just to their credit, they actually are defending. There you go. I have a, Jake, I have a further question for David. You mentioned earlier that Atlanta was the team that you are watching. Do you? How do you do that? Do you f focus in on one team? And for how long uh, do you watch them to study them? 
Well, I mean, I think like tonight, if all the games are playing, I have three screens, so I'll just have them up. And then as games get good and get bad, you drop them. And then you just, there are certain teams that you just like to watch, right? They're really, really interesting. And, you know, Milwaukee was that team probably two years ago, and they're playing the same exact style. And you kind of know who they are now. And we just played them, so they're not as interesting. Giannis is, but. Um, and so you just start watching because they're good and they're fun. I mean, Atlanta just plays fun and fast, and they're, they played two back-to-back games with Brooklyn that were amazing. Um, and so you just – and I like their players. Like, I, I'm I'm intrigued by who their players are. I like their players. I mean, you know, I'm an egomaniac, so every now and then it has to do with, like, it could be a draft player that I liked out of the draft and I want to see if they're actually good or, you know, prove to myself that I'm right so that I can continue with myself. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But, um, you know. Uh, Zion, you know, Zion's playing tonight. You got to watch him. He's not, but um, you know, I think New Orleans is worth watching. Games are worth watching. Like, there's just games that are that are interesting to watch. I mean, I want to see C.J. McCollum right now. That's the other one. C.J. McCollum's on fire. So you go watch him a little bit. See, Jake, there's a reason that uh, David is an expert at uh, what he's uh, specialized in here. He takes the time to do the work. So we appreciate that, David. Thank you, Gordon. It's really hard work. It's watching basketball. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to give you credit for geeking out and watching fun basketball wait, teams. Wait, that's that's wait, why wait, wait. Uh, it's an NBA pa- league yeah. pass guilty, or not what, not hold, guilty hold pleasure, but the league pass team. But he focuses and he takes notes and he and he incorporates those notes into his, uh, you know, the, the far reaches of his mind. I mean, the one thing, I mean, I would say, particularly this year, I'm watching a ton because it, it's hard to it's hard to call games right now, so you've got to be really familiar with who everybody is. Like trying to see the difference between Josh Jackson and DeLon Wright the other night on television was virtually impossible until I figured out one of them had their sleeve on their left arm and the other had their sleeve on their right arm. But we're not close. We're not as close as you know. You don't have the same. You can't see the detail the same way. So I, I mean, I'm watching more than I've ever watched before, probably because it's the same way you're calling the game right now. And so you, it just means that you, you learn something and see something. Um, and then the other one is you actually, it's really big right now is you've got to know their rotations. You've got to know teams, players, rotation, natural rotations. So that instinctually, you know, who's on the floor when a play is going on. David, how do you think you do call on hockey? So I did hockey once. The fun story, if it's in the annals of the history of Utah sports radio, um, Jake, are we like so late? You need me to be really short here. You're all good, buddy. <laughs> so I was the program director at 1320 K fans, like the first full sports or second full sports radio station in Utah. We had the buzz at the time, the golden Eagles at the time and the jazz. And there we got into, it must've been April the buzz had started. The Jazz were in the playoffs and the Golden Eagles were in the playoffs. And we had like this whole incredible staff of like a million announcers. And I think Steve Harms was the announcer for the Golden Eagles at the time. And they decided they were going to do a TV game. Well, that's fine because my backup announcer is Klauke, So I won't have any problem as a program director. I was oh, wait, the buzz are playing. And my second announcer to this was a guy by the name of Mark Kelly who worked for the jazz, but it called some hockey was on our staff and he had to work a jazz playoff game as 
in, in the PR department, so he couldn't get free to call the game. And I can't remember who our third person was, but they were also busy with something like it might have been like an Ogden Raptors game or something. And so all of a sudden I had like looked at the schedule and realized I didn't have a play announcer to call the game for the Golden Eagles that night. And so it probably wasn't the Golden Eagles. It was the Utah Grizzlies. And yeah. so I proceeded for the next two weeks to play EA Sports Hockey every night and call the games on my, like, screen on, like, my probably, like, early – I don't know. This is, like, 94. So was this in television? Or was this maybe an early, like, Nintendo? I don't really know what the system was. And then I would, and then Carl Ravitch and Gary Thorne would call ESPN games, and but it was only on like one or two nights a week. So I only had like, and so I would stay, I would watch them call the game, and then I would for the next three days I would play video games and call it, or just have the video game call it, play it, and I would call it, and try to figure out how to call hockey. And so I worked and did all this work and called the game. And Tim Mauser, I don't know if you remember him. These are like alleged great old names. David Elmore was the owner. And I said, I finished the game. He's like, wasn't bad. Never heard basketball on ice before. <laughs> it is challenging, though, keeping track of all the, the line changes and whatnot. Was Gord Deneen on that team? I don't even remember. I do remember that, like, with regularity, I was like, okay, what's in a head pass? Like I had like every night I finished listening to Ravage and Thorne, I would write down these terms and then call Tim the next morning and be like, okay, what do these mean? Like, you know, I need to understand what these mean and how do I integrate them into a call? It's pretty funny. Video games, very helpful as, as always. That's my lesson. That's right. taken from That's why that. quarterbacks are so good these days because they all play Madden. David, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll see you on Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that, uh, that you know, I, I think that the um, postponement gave us a 30-point win last night. I think our guys were a little geeked about that. Yeah, I bet. Thanks, buddy. All right. See you, bud. There you go. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, drop of the day. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You know I'm a dreamer. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Of course, the big news of the day, James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, Drop of the Day today, this is a match uh, mashup of a few comments from James himself last night after their games against the Lakers, game against the Lakers. Then John Wall from uh, Availability Today and DeMarcus Cousins from Availability Today. And uh, Austin... Uh, before the trade, by the way, uh, everybody's before the trade. So interesting, uh, kind of juxtaposing these comments. Let's do it. James, are you surprised that, that y'all never made a run at all? I made a run at all in, the, in this one. We're just not good enough. Um, you know, we just we don't we don't uh, obviously chemistry, talent wise, just everything, and it was clear. Um, like I said, these last few games. Um, they just, you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive, uh, vet, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and, um, you know, one of the best teams that we have in this league. Um, you know, I love this city. Um, I literally, you know, have done everything that I can 
um, you know, I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. John, James said he didn't think the chemistry and talent-wise, it was clear. He didn't think it can be fixed. Do you think it can be fixed? And can it be fixed if he doesn't think it can be? Uh, he's tied into his own opinion. I mean, I can't know what he thinks about the team or what we feel like we are. Um, I know how much hard work these guys have put into this uh, training camp and going through preseason to work hard and try to get better every day. Uh, I know how much work I have put into it the last two years to get back and compete at a high level. And all I can control is what I think I can do as a, as a leader and as a basketball player and as go out there and give 110% effort and try to win basketball games. And the way we're starting off, this is not the way we wanted to go. And uh, I feel like we kind of got set back by when we had a lot of guys like me, DeMarcus, Eric Gordon, uh, Macy had to miss the first two games of the season. Uh, so th that's a difficult thing we had to deal with. But, I mean, we all knew coming into this with the COVID-19 uh, going on, there's going to be certain protocols and healthy protocols and guys testing positive where you're going to have to rotate your, your starting lineup or your rotation at times. And we kind of fell back a little bit. Thank you. JC Nervous. Hi, John. Um, do you think the chemistry in this team can be fixed? Uh, what's the chemistry outside of the core at this point? And do you feel like not all the players on the team are on the same page? Is this just some miscommunication through the season or is something more than that? It's a lot of basketball to be played, so we can't dwell down on what? I think we're three and six, or three and seven, something like that. Three and six, like we only played nine games. We can't dwell down on that, you know what I mean? It's a lot of basketball to be played. Um, like I said, there's going to be things where things get set off a little bit, you know what I mean, with guys missing games or missing practice, doing certain things like that. But any day, a lot of guys here is want to compete at a high level. And uh, like I told everybody tonight, I told the guys before, when the 1 through 15 guys all on the same page, they commit, they know they roll, they know what they want to do, they know what they want to get out of this, that's the win, you all will be fine. But when you have certain guys in the mix that don't want to buy in all this one, it's going to be hard to do anything special, do anything good as a basketball team. I've been on those teams in my 11 years, been in the league. I've been on a team like that my first five years where it was all about me, 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 not about the team. And that hurts. And it brings everybody down. So when we can get all on the same page, we can be something good here. And uh, we can't dwell down on it because it's only been nine games. Like, come on, man. You want to jump off the cliff off of nine games? There's a lot of basketball still be played. Adam Spolin. John, do you feel like James has given this group a chance? He's going out there competing. That's one thing I can say. He go out there and play. He's playing. He's coming to practice every day. He's showing up as a professional. Since the day he's got here, since he's, he has committed himself to be here. So that's all I can dwell on. Outside of that, you have to ask James that question. But when he's with us, I feel like he's doing what he want to do and what he has to do to try to help us win. I don't feel – me personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. Um, my interest is playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest. And uh, with that being said, um, the disrespect – Start away before, you know, any interview. Um, just the approach to the training camp, uh, showing up the way he did, uh, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. So uh, this isn't something that, you know, all of a sudden happened, you know, last night. But with that being said, like I said, this is the nasty part of the business. So um, it is what it is. Very interesting, right? Hearing James Harden directly take a shot at his teammates. I mean, yeah, you know, these guys I mean, aren't very good. To John Wall, who totally took the high road, even when he was asked the same question twice, 
uh, gave professional answers. And then I loved Boogie Cousins' answer. I, you know, I know Boogie gets a gets a bad rap and deservedly so. But I mean, I love that that he didn't couch it with anything. He's like, hey. The disrespect didn't start last night, man. This crap has been going on for a while. I mean, with his with his you know antics in training camp to to showing up looking like the uh, abominable snowman, uh, it, you know the disrespect started a long time ago. I, I loved that. I thought that was great. Do you think that James Harden, when he answered uh, his question the way he did, that he his agent had already told him, "Hey, man, we're this close to getting this deal done." Do you think he knew? Probably. Probably yeah. tried to push it over the top. I I think his behavior this whole time has been about forcing the Rockets to trade him. Yes. Because the smart thing for the Rockets to do is sit on it and to wait and to wait it out and to be patient. And maybe in the trade deadline something comes across. You know, you're you're in no hurry. You've got him locked up for three more years. It'd be one thing if he were this were a, a contract year. But they, they had all of the leverage. So what did James the only leverage James had is show up fat and make it chaotic for everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, did you ever think that you would hear DeMarcus Cousins as a voice of reason? Hey, I bet his teammates loved it. I bet his teammates listened to that and loved it. Well, the, it's like John Wall was saying. The other players show up. They're busting their humps. They want to win. And you have your best player on your team. It's, uh, I mean, he's he's awfully talented, but they know better than anyone what his stance is. Or how he feels about playing on that team, and and there you heard him speak directly to a quote-unquote lack of talent or not being good enough, and you know those are proud men, yep. those are proud people who are who who are take pride in being one of the best in the world at what they do, and so to hear James couch it that way, that doesn't feel good. Well, and remember, they told him to just basically get away from the team after that, even before he was traded. Maybe they knew it was coming, but, you know, after James Harden says something like that about that team, I mean, I don't think they could have brought him back anyway. And I agree with what you said about John Wall. He was pretty classy there and talking about uh, the team and what they aim to get done and how it's too early to give up on anything or to have an attitude about it. But. Boogie came in and said, oh, that attitude was there long ago. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, well, they can, they can, I I would rather play with a, with a team uh, of players who want to be there than playing with a team that uh, where your best player is just dogging it and not wanting to be involved in it. Uh, That's, that sucks. I certainly wish the Rockets would have Rajah Beldum for at least the rest of the year, and then send him to, I don't know, where would have been the best place for him to go? I still like Minnesota because it's nice and cold. <laughs> send, him to, send him to the you wanted, you wanted the Rockets to send him to Minnesota. Uh, by the way, Minnesota, uh, the Twin Cities, are, that's, that's a beautiful place. I mean, it's cold. It's really cold. But th- th- there's a lot of nice things about that community there. I, I agree. I've been there, and it, it's fine. But it's also really cold, and they've sucked for 25 years. So. Yeah, that, that part of it hasn't been so good. But, uh, you know, you wanted to offload him for less in return to Minnesota rather than sending him to uh, the Nets. Oh, yeah. Can, Someplace he spiteful. has a shot to to thrive with a really good team if, if it does come maybe together. Maybe the Kings. Maybe the Kings would have been a good landing spot for him. <laughs> Kings. <laughs> the Magic. Maybe the Magic. 
Well, Although magic I kind of like Steve Clifford. Aren't the Magic like second in the East right now or yeah, something? The, the Magic aren't bad this year. Maybe they're they're turning it around a little bit. I don't know about second in the East. Let's see, where are the Magic? Uh, they're fifth in the East at six oh, and five. So, okay, you know, so one game dropped. above five. How about San Antonio <laughs> just across the oh, same Oh, perfect. State. Perfect. And he and Popovich would just hate each other with a passion. <laughs> BFF. That would be amazing. <laughs> Matching tats yeah. and everything. No, that well, might be the answer. To, San Antonio, to, that might be but, it. But to listen to David talk about James Harden, and I know he's been consistent in this regard. He holds him in high regard and uh, thinks that uh, that the, the Nets will do well with him there. At least I think that's what I heard him say. Yeah, well, he likes James Harden a lot more than I do. So, In the fact that he likes him? Well, I just have with her. I just haven't always seen eye to eye with David Stake on James Harden. That's all. He he's as likely to be right as me, probably more so. But I mean, I I don't doubt his you know ability as an offensive basketball player. I just one don't particularly care for his brand of basketball, and two don't think his brand of basketball really works with others. Well, he called uh, David called him a basketball genius. He's also got a big ego. So he's he's kind of playing tennis. In a basketball world. A little bit. But it's working, or at least it has worked. Explain yourself. It's playing a one-person sport in a five-person sport. Yeah. I I give him a little more credit than that. I don't necessarily enjoy watching somebody try to draw fouls all night long, but I do think he's extremely talented. And uh, absolutely, I, I think that Rockets team that we talked about earlier that uh, darn near beat the Warriors. Uh, we're talking about a championship team, and I wonder if that had they gone on to win a championship, I wonder if we'd be having this discussion today. But they didn't, and right. we are. You got me there. I think they would have gotten smoked by whoever they played in the East. Like I out, would, like not. like you know out with a true. sweep. Who I don't did even the Warriors remember. Beat that year? I don't even matter. It doesn't even matter. The I, Raptors. I would have picked the Wizards that year to sweep them. <laughs> not true. That team was good. Yeah, they were fine. No, they were good. They, they beat the Jazz that year, right? Yeah, they got lucky. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, we get it. I waved the white flag. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. This is uh, this is uh, James Harden's favorite song, no? It's his walk-up song, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Or his wake-up song. When he hears the song, he just immediately reaches for his wallet. He's like, "Oh wait, what? Jeez, oh, I hear well, that." Well, he is the boss, Jake. Yeah, they, they, he's driving down the road and it comes on the radio and all of a sudden he's reaching for his wallet. Like, why do I always do that? Time to fight against the jobless claims. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, you know, the hmm, let me th- the, the dancing work in New York has probably been a bit slow uh, over 2020. And so 
those workers are probably thrilled about the James Harden news. Except they're not. It's technically they're not allowed to be working right now. James will find a way. Willie, yeah, mm-hmm. he'll he'll find a way. Lots of wills, lots of ways. The dancers in Houston probably are distraught today. You guys having fun? What? What are we talking? We we're just talking about the um, the famous Motley Crue song. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> oh man. That may be used frequently in different types of bars across the United States. Are you suggesting that uh, James Harden has a powerful appetite for some chicken wings? I don't know about chicken wings, but places that may sell chicken wings or have been famous for selling chicken wings in the past. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh, the beard oil salesman out there will be very happy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Okay. Do you think he ever regrets choosing that as kind of his uh, calling card? It gets really hot, I would think. I would think so, too. Like Lots hot of itching. And, hot and uncomfortable. And I smelly. Mean, you're playing an indoor <laughs> sport where you're running a lot. You would think you would not want a ZZ Top beard, that that would get in the way. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and now now he's uh, trapped because he, he must continue on with it because of the background there he's called the beard it's his trademark That's his now. Nickname. they have gummies you can buy at the grocery yeah, store he can't <laughs> shave that thing like anthony davis with the unibrow he already had that nothing he could do about it that's a worse choice than a beard by the way i oh. agree but it's not uh um, hot itchy and sweaty that's true uh, although as a bald person i have discovered that uh the hair it does a really good job of uh, regulating your temperature a lot more than no hair. Okay. You know I sweat some... like eight times worse now that I'm bald. Well, do you not have the hair on top to soak it up? That's. I think there's. Yeah. I think it's a regulating sort of thing. I could. They see say. That. They say. Actually, say that uh, dogs. Some dogs. They people want to shave their hair or cut their hair off in the hotter <laughs> summer months, but that uh, it actually plays a part in helping the dog cool. Well, now we know what Gordon thinks of me. Man, there goes my favorite pastime of shaving dogs. <laughs> my wife did that to our black German shepherd once, and uh, I'm telling you, that, that dog was so angry at her that the dog did what dogs do when they are really, really mad. You know what that dog did? Uh, and this was a very well-trained dog. This was a this was a very loyal dog to the family. This was a dog who would protect the family, thought it was part of the family. I think it interjected itself after about after my, right about after my second daughter, between my second daughter and my third daughter in the in the chain of command. That was the uh, the nature of uh, this dog. It was uh, he was so mad at my wife that he climbed up on our bed and peed on the bed. Similarly, that's what I would have do, would have done. Totally. Done the same thing. And they say that that is a, an ultimate sign of rebellion on the part of a well-trained dog. Who's they? I don't I, know. I read, I read it somewhere. I have a friend whose son used to do that when he was mad that he couldn't have more ice cream or couldn't keep watching TV. <laughs> I'm not. That's... He was four or five, and he would go and urinate in places he wasn't supposed to to say, oh, yeah, no more SpongeBob? Well, you're going to need a SpongeBob. Oh, nice. That just came to mind. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Oh, that was good, but mine aren't. Uh, You compared my grooming needs to that of a dog. (laughs) 
I don't know. I don't know whether. Well, uh, good news uh, there, Austin. Uh, I don't uh, know. Dogs. James... It says you shouldn't shave dogs, so don't shave you. I don't know if uh, if, if James Harden's beard helps him, uh, you know, uh, cool down. <laughs> I doubt it. Oh, I do segment. think it's kind of an obstruction when you're trying to play defense and this guy's beard is flying around. <laughs> it just seems like that 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 maybe, you know. That would bother me. I wouldn't want to get up in James Harden's beard. I, that would uh, that would make me not play as good a defense because I don't want to get hit by that beard. Maybe that's why he does it. Could be. All right, I stay doubt. tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? Wrapping up the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Feels kind of weird, Gordon. We're supposed to have a jazz game tonight. Not so. We'll have the day off again tomorrow. Then Atlanta in this building on Friday. Well, it is the big show, and we are our major sponsor is Joe, uh, and we had a big day with a big trade. So A lot of bigs. A lot of, a lot of bigness going on today. And uh, you're right, uh, this the Jazz were scheduled to play tonight, and uh, I, I think this is something we're going to have to get used to because I, I don't think it's going to change. I think the league is trying to do everything they can to to make uh, the game the games as uh, safe as possible, but I think this isn't going away anytime soon, and the restrictions are there. Uh, I thought it was interesting, George Hill saying essentially, hey, I'm a grown man. I I can I should be able to handle my business the way I I want to, but the league is really hyper conscious of trying to keep this thing uh, from as safe as possible. And I think we're going to lose. I don't know how many games do you think? I mean, I I think we could see each team lose upwards of five to ten games. I have no clue. I have no idea. Yeah. It's just tricky business, and this is this is the result. I, I just thought obviously that... either team that runs across any kind of trouble is going to kill the game. So that's the way it is. I just thought that George really wanted to play a little singles, or no, he was tired of playing singles. He just wanted to mix in a little doubles. He just wanted you know change the game up a little bit. Say, God, I've been playing ping pong singles this whole time, and. God, I just want to mix in a little doubles. I want to be an these adult. Guys, these guys, these guys, essentially are cooped up in their hotel rooms when they're on the road. Poor babies. They, Hope they make yeah. it through. I don't think they're, they will. Their accommodations are very nice, but uh, we know Gordon wouldn't make it. It's a, it's a, is it a step down for you, Gordon? Mm-hmm. Those accommodations? Very, much. very much. not at all. They 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 go first class all the way, but. Being sick is being sick, or being exposed is being exposed. And so the league is trying to do what it can to keep it under control. Much like the NBA players, I don't think Gordon could go without the visitors, if you know what I mean. Oh, stop it. The no. the out-of-your-circle visitors? Yeah, the visitors huh. to, the, to the hotel, yeah. I don't follow, Jake. No? Well, Gordon uh, likes in-room massages, as we found out yesterday. So I just don't, none of that I don't, ballroom, none of the ballroom stuff. Area. He likes his privacy for some reason. <laughs> so we know he wouldn't wouldn't take to the circumstances. That's all right, Gordon. I hope you guys feel good about the beating you're applying right now, but uh, I, I'm impervious to the whole thing. 
You're pervious? Yeah, we knew impervious. that. Impervious. Oh. <laughs> my, 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 this darn hearing. I don't know. As is often the case, you have misunderstood. <laughs> pervious. Oh. I'm pervious is yeah. what I thought you said. Yeah, I, I thought that too, now that Austin points it out. Oh, man. You right. blipped a little bit. Huh? <laughs> Just a tad. All right, you, you guys, You guys are misconstrued up. That's what you oh. are. You're misconstrued up. You got me. I'm not pervious, though. <laughs> Impervious, you moron. <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, Pervious Paul, take it easy. <laughs> Pervious Paul. All right, Gordon. Enjoy your evening, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. See you guys. All right, it's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Moron, idiot, stupid, right down the line.